0: Welcome to WOMA's series on Occupational Environmental Medicine Updates, where we will learn more about ACOM's Getting America Safely Back to Work campaign. My name is Dr. David Coretto, and I am today's moderator. WOMA is the Western Regional Component of the American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine. We have designed these WOMA podcasts to be a tool and a benefit for WOMA members to stay current on topics of interest to occupational and environmental medicine physicians. The WOMA Education Committee members involved in the planning of this session have no relevant financial relationships to disclose, and neither does today's speaker. As our nation emerges from the COVID-19 pandemic, employers will need support in returning their employees safely back to work. Occupational medicine physicians are uniquely suited for this task through their expertise in public health and workplace safety, to care for medical needs of employees and to address issues involving the health and productivity of workers, their families and communities. The American College of Occupational and Environmental Medicine, ACOM, has recently begun the Getting America Back to Work campaign to connect occupational medicine physicians with employers seeking their expertise. Today, we are pleased to have Dr. Tanisha Taylor joining us to share information about ACOM's Getting America Back to Work campaign. Dr. Taylor attended medical school at New York Medical College. She trained in internal medicine through the Yale Primary Care Internal Medicine Residency Program, followed by the Occupational Environmental Medicine Fellowship and MPH at Yale University. Recently, Dr. Taylor completed an MBA through the Forbes School of Business and Technology at Ashford University. Dr. Taylor has been on the ACOM Board of Directors, first as Young Physician Director and then as Director. She is the incoming treasurer of ACOM and current co-chair of ACOM's Occupational Environmental Medicine Practice Council. Her practice of occupational medicine involves providing leadership as well as occupational health services to the largest health system in New Jersey as CMO of Robert Wood Johnson Barnabas Health Corporate Care. Dr. Taylor is active in her local Occupational and Environmental Medicine Association of New Jersey component. Helping to plan educational conferences as a combined effort with adjacent components to generate the annual Mid-Atlantic Regional Occupational and Environmental Medicine Conference, as well as a webinar series. Dr. Taylor, welcome to the to Woma's
1: podcast. Oh, thank you, David. It's absolutely my pleasure. It goes without
0: saying that those of us in occupational medicine love our specialty for the opportunities to provide direct patient care alongside the application of public health principles to promote safe workplaces. How are occupational medicine physicians uniquely positioned to support employee health and safety during the coronavirus pandemic?
1: Yes, that's a very good question, David. As you may know, businesses in various sectors of the economy are expected to start making their plans for reopening very soon. Some have already started, uh, but what I'm hearing a lot is mid-May and early June. And those will be based essentially on recommendations from our federal and state authorities, as well as the economy. At that point, employers will be seeking guidance on how to prepare the workplace, how to educate employees, as well as how to manage employees who become ill or are exposed and helping them get back to work, for example. Occupational and environmental medicine physicians, or OEM physicians, have a rather unique skill set, particularly in public health, as you mentioned earlier, David, but also epidemiology, toxicology, human and organizational behavior, management of injuries and illnesses, just to name a few. And they're particularly accustomed to collaborating with various other professionals in the workplace, such as human resources, management, safety, industrial hygiene, infection control, and psychologists, to name just a few. OEM physicians seem particularly well poised to provide guidance to our employers regarding issues such as return to work, testing, which seems to come up quite often, an employer's lips, managing exposures, determining work-relatedness, and facilitating contact tracings, which of course may include working with your local health authorities. But because of the privacy issues, employers will need to interface with professionals such as OEM physicians when it comes to private employee health issues. ACOM wanted this opportunity to highlight the skill sets of OEM positions, particularly in anticipation of the tremendous need for their services moving forward and they wanted to make sure that their members, as well as their colleagues and the public had adequate educational resources. A press release was already sent out highlighting the skills and services of OEM physicians and other professionals in the field, as well as a summary document exploring some of the challenges employers and OEM professionals will be facing, particularly surrounding return to work, testing, masking, social distancing, Also, considerations would be given to workplace design and layout, scheduling, telework, and ventilation in buildings, just to name a few of them. The challenge also is the urgency of it. Just because they have already started making plans, we need the guidance to be timely in order to be relevant, so we do not want to miss the opportunity. It's further recognized that industry-specific guidance will be needed as the needs of various industries will vary and that will continue to evolve. It's important to have professionals who can interpret medical literature, sift through all the evidence that's emerging, review regulations and apply them to various jurisdictions and various sectors, all the while collaborating with our various professionals in the diverse industries. There have already been some preliminary guidance from our European colleagues who've already started to deal with this and have reopened their economies. And that's given us a little glimpse, David, of some of the challenges that we can expect there's a wonderful document, the EU OSHA document, which we have cited. The ACOM's return to work campaign is also drafting a guidance document, and part two is almost ready. Uh, it's being edited currently. We're expecting in another week or so to get that out to our membership. And we're looking at just general information in that particular document about the illness, what we know about testing so far, and that will help us to facilitate return to work the challenges that employers will be facing, uh, the HR challenges, things around policies, managing your employees when they become ill or if they're exposed. Another thing I was told to make sure that I highlight is that OEM professionals also have knowledge of organizational behavior, and they also advise on things like policies incorporations, ergonomic issues, fitness for duty determination, work-relatedness. So they're very diverse in their expertise. In the part two document, I think we'll delve further into more industry-specific guidance because that's very detailed and emerging. And we highlighted a few industries. I don't think it will be all inclusive, uh, but the ones we're thinking of include public safety, healthcare, care, of course, utilities, maritime, transportation, food industry, manufacturing, construction, and, of course, some of these industries never actually closed, like healthcare is one example of that. Another idea was to have a mini course for members and their colleagues as well as the public in early to mid-June. We're hoping to get a save date out pretty soon, and we're developing that agenda as we speak. But there have been webinars ongoing, and that will most likely continue on COVID-related topics, including one today on serology and return to work at noon. And we anticipate that this will these efforts will continue as the return to work campaign evolves.
0: This is an impressive collaborative undertaking, um, and it's admirable to hear how ACOM is developing a multi-layered approach to highlighting the unique skills that occupational medicine physici- physicians have to meet this moment and providing educational resources for us to reference in discussions with employers. I'm also impressed to hear that um, you're benchmarking against what our colleagues in Europe and Asia have learned uh, so that we can make this a really truly global collaborative effort Um, since many of our societies are struggling with the same issues. Um, What do you see as are some of the biggest challenges in safely repopulating our workplaces?
1: So some of the biggest challenges that we discussed and were highlighted, and it may not be what you think at first, uh, that might include dealing with employee fear and distrust. That was one of the big areas that was highlighted in some of our meetings and discussions. And that's where things like education and engaging your workforce will be important and communication 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 frequent reminders will be very important the message development will be key and those who are teleworking should not be forgotten of course there're going to be new policies and protocols which employees will have to learn and training will be very important there will be policies and procedures around masking for example you know should employees wear medical masks or homemade masks will employees supply their own masks or will employers be providing them? How will the employees keep them clean and store them? So there's specific OSHA respiratory clearance uh, standard for healthcare workers, for example, that's the group we think about the most, and uh, they undergo respirator fit testing. Uh, But some employees may actually have issues wearing masks all day, like the N95 masks, for example, that are very tight-fitting. And they may have issues with claustrophobia or pulmonary conditions coming up. And fitness for duty may be needed in some of those unique situations. And OEM professionals can help with some of those areas. In dealing with sick employees and potential exposures, that's another challenging area for employers, probably the one that's at the top of their heads. And employers uh, will need help with interfacing with healthcare professionals in other disciplines, local public health authorities, contact tracing and exposure follow-up we can help facilitate a lot of those dialogues that will be ongoing. There's been a lot surrounding temperature screening versus symptom questionnaire and how they're being used. And I think that would most likely continue. However, certain sectors are really looking for rapid onsite testing that can be performed. And as testing evolves, it's very important to have professionals that can properly interpret the tests and know their limitations, to understand their best application. The example of the serology tests, the antibody testing and thinking initially that that would help us a lot with the return to work procedures. And then with the challenges of that being limited to seroprevalence data and research in terms of vaccine development and so on. That's one good example of how important it is to be able to interpret what the tests can do and what their limitations are. Also, it would be very important for employers to be very flexible with their sick leave and benefit policies. Uh, not to forget about the teleworkers at home, making sure that they have proper and safe equipment and that they also have IT support. Traveling to and from work is also important. Of course, you prefer personal vehicles in compared to public transportation. And then the discussion surrounding adequate masking surrounding riding public transportation will be important. Uh, those are just some of the examples, David.
0: Uh, Dr. Taylor, thank you for highlighting these examples, especially around issues of fitness for duty, testing, screening, um, one's non-work-related chronic health conditions, but how that interacts with their ability to return to work. I think when we field questions from employers, oftentimes the question from the employer is very simple. It's, can this person return to work? But by highlighting these nuances, I think this will really help um, all of us as we struggle with these questions in being able to guide our employers. I think along those lines, ACOM recently published this excellent position statement titled, Getting America Safely Back to Work, How OEM Physicians Can Help Employers Safely Return Employees to Work. What were some of the elements of the return to work process that were discussed uh, within your group specific to COVID-19 in developing this document?
1: Some of the important elements that went into the process of developing this document included when to reopen, and some of the discussions by authorities surrounding the different phases that were being proposed. About four phases were proposed. We're currently in phase one. Uh, and when we can safely reopen and how to progress, because there are concerns then about reentrenchments and uh, potential resurgence in infection rates and so on and how to manage those. Uh, also, the criticality of businesses was one way to approach uh, the importance and when and how to reopen. And that was in terms of how, you know, businesses function and what they did. And it was challenging to sort of tease this all apart. Uh, some propose, for example, uh, those who are in remote workplaces versus those that are in uh, indoor workplaces. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion surrounding that, and that's not going to be easy to tease up. We'll continue to work on that. There's also discussion about making sure the process is gradual. Uh, so making sure employees are prepared they're educated that they're trained and cross-trained were indicated instead of just throwing them in we also mentioned the importance of flexibility with benefits and sick leave policy to accommodate employees who are sick and who become sick and then also the importance of non-discriminatory policies for those high-risk employees which we have been hearing a lot about in the media so those that are immunosuppressed, who may be undergoing cancer chemotherapy treatment for example pregnant workers Those with certain chronic health conditions, such as hypertension, coronary artery disease, certain pulmonary conditions and obesity, to name a few. And then because of the privacy issues we mentioned, I know HIPAA was relaxed to a certain degree, but um, not entirely. Uh, But OEM professionals are well poised to facilitate those work return to work procedures and requests for accommodations, which will be very important, helping workers return safely. Another discussion was just surrounding viral shedding uh, to ensure that employees are in isolation during peak viral shedding. Also, the use of temperature screening and symptom questionnaire. And as we saw, the role of testing is evolving and it's important that experts understand the actual science behind test development, how to apply the testing, how to interpret the test results. And how the test performs in terms of its positive and negative predictive values, sensitivity and specificity. Those are all areas that OEM physicians have particular knowledge of. So they're poised to really interpret the literature and apply them. Particularly to you know their specific industries and sectors of their um, areas of expertise. Masking is critical and that's on everyone's lips literally and that's very critical uh, because considerations will be given to healthcare workers in particular those in low to moderate risk, moderate risk jobs, that's aside from public masking of course, social distancing will also continue to play a very important role in how to accomplish that, uh, whether it's by you know telework or a certain workplace design, and then also the pertinent economic conditions and considerations that go with that. One of the things that OEM physicians are very well versed in is just hierarchy of controls, which help us to think about how best to address exposures in the workplace, where Elimination of the exposure is always best, of course. In this COVID-19 scenario, we're thinking, you know, telework would be one example of that, or ensuring that only essential workers are brought back or on the job, or even postponing certain work. Substitution we could probably think about as permitting employees to work alone in certain spare rooms, or facilitating the use of individual cars, cars rather than collective transportation, and so on. Engineering controls of course refer to optimizing effectiveness of building ventilation and filtration, for example, to ensure that plenty of fresh air is getting into the building, making sure that there is excellent indoor air quality. Those will all be important things to think about and monitor and make sure that we have potential corrective actions in place if needed. Administrative approaches refer to densifying the workplace, for example, that staggering shifts, early and late shifts to give some examples. And then of course, personal protective equipment or PPE That's usually the last resort That's uh, the use of masks and gloves, which will be important, uh, but not high up on the higher scale. There were also some just basic nuts and bolts discussion about workplace design, layout, traveling to and from work, whether to exclude business travel and weighing the potential of get employees getting sick, disinfection, cleaning, hand and respiratory hygiene and etiquette, as well as the importance of making sure that their frequent reminder is placed all over the workplace. Communication and messaging were identified as critical areas that employers really need to focus on, making sure we don't forget about those working from home, you know, particularly in this climate of fear as a result of all the layoffs that's been in the media. Also, one of my colleagues with particular interest in behavioral health did point out the potential for a rise in interpersonal conflicts, which you've also seen in the media, and the emphasis of making sure that employee assistance programs are highlighted and recommended, as well as other mental health resources.
0: What an exciting discussion and comprehensive plan. Uh, this really speaks to all of these issues being part of a developing a health and safety system. And um, as you've Adequately and and exemplarily described, occupational medicine physicians are well poised to help develop and build that system. Can you share with us some of the future initiatives that Acom will be undertaking as part of the Getting America Safely Back to Work campaign? Oh, certainly,
1: David. So Acom has of course been sending out a weekly Acom report, COVID-19 email with summary of all the issues, and they can be viewed on the website Acom.org COVID-19. Also, all the webinars, position statements, guidance documents, as those emerge, as well as a Q&A forum, that's also available on the website, and those will be continuing. The attendance has been overwhelming. I hear they're exceeding a thousand participants, and that's actually from an international audience, demonstrating the need for international colleagues also for education and guidance. Also, there's a mini course that's being planned for early to mid-June. The tentative dates right now are June 9th to 11th, and that's a Tuesday to a Thursday. Much discussion about that. Uh, but that's also going to give us some of the science just surrounding transmission, masking, testing, as well as providing tools for colleagues for industry-specific guidance, how to tackle some of those gnarly HR, ADA, and EEOC challenges that are no doubt coming our way and that have already been emerging. And then also we wanted to give a lot of specific examples to help participants relate. It is also recognized that OEM physicians and other professionals in the field will need this industry specific guidance. So we're working on a a guidance document as well. Part one is almost ready like we mentioned and it's being edited right now. And the part two, which is gonna really delve, you know, a deep dive into specific industries we're hoping in another four to six weeks. And, uh, we want to focus on areas like healthcare, transportation, public safety, utilities, offices and warehouse, just to name a few. What's been very sobering in this experience, David, is to realize that many of these changes that are coming our way, in which we've already seen, will probably not go away. And such as telehealth, increased use of telehealth and telemedicine, teleworking, policy implementation, uh, changes in workplace design and scheduling, uh, it's very exciting to see that OEM professionals are on the cusp of all those changes and will definitely have a role to play in how they're manifested in their various industries.
0: This is so true. To echo a theme heard from our colleagues, occupational medicine was made for this moment. Dr. Taylor I, yes, I, I, Dr. Taylor, I want to thank you for sharing this thorough information on ACOM's Getting America Back to Work campaign with us and detailing many of the nuances to consider when advising employers on the question of when and how to return their employees to work. I know many occupational medicine physicians will find this discussion useful, and we eagerly await more content as it becomes available. Audience participants can find the ACOM positions statement, Getting America Safely Back to Work, How OEM Physicians Can Help Employers Safely Return Employees to Work on the ACOM and WOMA websites. Also, the ACOM COVID-19 Resource Center is located at acom.org slash COVID-19. This address will take you to the current content, including webinars, position statements, and guidance documents, as well as an interactive question and answer form. On behalf of the WOMA Education Committee, the WOMA Board of Directors, and myself as moderator of this podcast, I want to sincerely thank our speaker, Dr. Tanisha Taylor, and also thank those of you who listened. The goal of these WOMA podcasts is to update you on a topic of current interest to occupational medicine. We know that this topic raises many more questions, and we hope that this information will generate
1: further interaction beyond this podcast.